Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. We're going to continue our study in Romans 8. I'm going to skip right down to verse 26 and review swiftly where we were, where we left off last time, and that is with Sunday and Tuesday study, we are finding out from the Word of God that all three members of the Godhead are working for you right now. All Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is working on your behalf right now. So that verse 31 actually says, if God is for you, who can be against you? Any and every enemy, spiritual, physical, financial, in any way, is no match for the members of the Godhead who is at work for you. Verse 26 reminds us, of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, last time we saw that there are two ways of interpreting this. One is that the Holy Spirit praise apart from our cooperation. The context is that we all have certain groanings in our spirit man. There are certain groanings of pain, anguish, longing. Sometimes that is out of pain and other times it is out of birthing. Nothing gets birthed without birth pangs. You don't have birth without birth pangs. You don't have life without labor. And the Holy Spirit, when He is birthing something in us, when He's trying to take us to a new level, when He's trying to start something or keep something going that is born of Him, many times there's birth pangs. It's not easy. Sometimes, as an intercessor, I will hear about something so painful and anguish. Sometimes when I'm praying for you, the expression initially in my inner man is, ah. You know what I mean? Oh. That is not a groan of resignation. That is... The birthing of the Spirit's moving on behalf of those to whom He's given me to pray. The Holy Spirit has a language that is sometimes couched in a groaning in the inner man of the believer. Sometimes that groaning is 
indistinguishable and apart from the believer according to one way of interpreting this. The other way, as we talked about before, is that that groaning is also taking part of by the believer. Notice verse 22 also talks about in verse 23 that we have a groaning within us. I personally think it's both. The Word says with groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean has no method of expression. It means without a tangible physical understanding. Remember that sometimes if you might say that is just unspeakable. I can't describe it. It's impossible for me to translate into words what this means. Some of you know what I mean when I say that there is a language of the Spirit that is available to all believers but accessed by some. And in that in that expression, Paul says that the mind prays and the Spirit prays. And the mind cannot comprehend what the Spirit is praying. And so in that time of deep prayer where the Spirit is giving utterance with words not understood by the mind, there is also that groaning. There, there is that Spirit-led, Spirit-fueled expression of prayer that bypasses the mind but is known in heaven by the Lord. Verse 27, so not only do you have the Holy Spirit interceding for you, verse 27, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Look over there in verse 34. Who is the member of the Godhead who is at the right hand of the Father? Who is even at the right hand of God, talking about Jesus Christ, who makes intercession for us? So understand that the Holy Spirit is with you right now in time and space. He's right there on the inside of you. He understands and has a network of understanding and knowing everything there is to know about you. He knows what you're going to walk into when you leave here. He knows what's going to be happening at work tomorrow or in the job or whatever. The Holy Spirit is at work. He is not only omniscient, He is omnipresent. And the Spirit of God has been poured out on all flesh. Doesn't mean all flesh have received Him. But he is available. Now remember this. That the Holy Spirit is now praying for you. And your high priest, the Lord Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, knows exactly what the Spirit is saying. You know what? You and I don't even know what to ask for sometimes. Do we? We're so, we're so confused sometimes so frustrated, sometimes so totally in the dark of what is highest and best, we don't even know what to pray for. 
You know, it's not only okay, it's scriptural to say, Lord, I don't even know what to say. That's not weakness. That is a place where the Holy Spirit takes over because He knows what to pray for. Sometimes you just have to say, I don't know how to pray. Now, notice this verse here. I, you know what? I have never seen both parts of verse 26. We do not know what we should pray for as we ought. We not only don't know what to pray for, we don't even know how to do it. If we did know what to pray for. But the Holy Spirit in grace and mercy is interceding. And our high priest understands what the mind of the Spirit is. Can you, do you know that your high priest is not confused? He's not frustrated. He knows exactly what the Holy Spirit is praying for you. Our job is to get to that place to where we are submitted and obedient and listening more keenly to what's going on. Here's what I'm doing. I'm asking the Lord to show me what are you praying for me about. The Lord is giving me a few clues, clues what he's praying for me about. And guess what? Some of those prayers he's letting me in on, I wasn't even praying for myself. You know what that means? That means he knows exactly what I need, what brings him the most glory, and what brings me the most good. And a lot of times, I don't even know what that is. So what I'm trying to tell you is, don't rely on your own understanding. Don't rely on your ability to figure out. Trust the Holy Spirit. Thank Him for it. Get involved in it. And we are to pray. We are to pray. We are to pray. That is not an excuse not to pray. But ask the Holy Spirit, how and what are you praying for me about today? And Lord Jesus, please, by the Holy Spirit, help me to see what you are praying for me about because you perfectly know what the Spirit is saying. Now look, this is not your grandma's Sunday school class. This is a little deeper than surface. Ask the Lord to give you ears to understand. Eyes to see. So you got the Holy Spirit in you right now. The Holy Spirit is willing to work on behalf of the glory of God and the good of the children, and that's you. So maybe you should pray, Holy Spirit, call out those who I'm supposed to serve in my business. You think God's going to put you in a business and then doesn't have any, any desire or any, any inkling of a desire to send people into that business for you to serve? Maybe you should pray, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're at work on my behalf. Help me to be listening and learning, and I pray you would do what only you can do on behalf of those customers, on behalf of those warehouses where there is stored our financial well-being that gives you glory. You ought to pray about your business success. The Spirit's praying about it. Ask Him to give to help give you clues as how to get involved with him in that process. 
I don't know how to resolve these relational issues I have, Lord. My family is so torn up and so broken, I cannot fix it. Ask the Holy Spirit, how are you praying? How do you want to use me to join you in the prayer you're praying? I know you want resolution. I know you want not just relief. I know you want to get to the root and bring resolution. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to hear? What are you saying? What are you praying? And understand verse 28. Now you know the context of the Holy Spirit interceding in you. Jesus praying for you. You got in you, you got for you. Now look what the Father's doing. Verse 28. And we know that God, the Father works all things. See, all things don't just work together for good. There's got to be an active agent because not all things are good. It wasn't good that I mentioned to you in prayer time today that one of our members' family has been touched by murder. That's not good. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's not a good thing. This is a broken world. It has been infiltrated by sin and brokenness. But understand this, that God is the active agent. The almighty, all-powerful God is the active agent that is causing all things to work together for good. And that's where a lot of people stop the verse. But you can't stop the verse there because it's not right if you stop the verse there. God is not at work to bring about good to all of created humanity. Notice what the verse says. To those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Those who have received that gift of His grace. Those who are in cooperation with Him. God is at work to cause all things to work together for good to those who love Him and are called according to purpose. Is that you? Do you love Him? Do you love Him enough to trust Him when you don't understand? Do you love Him enough to obey Him when you'd rather not? To those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. What is His purpose? To transform us into the image and likeness of Jesus. The only reason why we wouldn't want to submit to that is because we don't understand how marvelous that is. So you got Holy Spirit praying in you. You got Jesus praying for you. And you got God working all things together for good if you love Him and are called according to His purpose. Why would he do that? Verse 29, we saw this briefly last time. For whom he foreknew. That word foreknew mean, means to intimately, personally know you, choose you, love you, want you. How many times do I have to say this? God saw you in everything, everything about you. And he wanted you, chose you, loved you, pursued you. That's grace. Do you have any revelation of that? God, help us to get it. 
whom he foreknew, he also predestined. We said last time that word predestined means to, set a, to have a preset destination. A preset destination. See, a lot of people have gotten all squirreled up. They've got over it in a theological ditch. That word just drives them into some corner to where they have a little bit of understanding and they have now looked only through a lens that, that they call sovereignty, but they have slipped into the realm in what they call sovereignty in what is really fatalism. Fatalism says if it happened, God ordained it and he decided it and he wanted it. Dear Lord, that makes God the author of sin. People are writing books on this stuff. I'm not making this up. A preset destination. And what is that preset destination? Uh, that I would go to the store this afternoon and get some supplies. No. Look at the rest of the verse. To be conformed to the image of His Son. Your predestined desire from your Father, what He's working to do is to conform and transform you into the image and likeness of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to control and dictate to you every minute detail of your life. How many of you know that the more you learn about God, you learn there are requirements and there are electives? I had this false, imbalanced view at times in my life when I said, Lord, what do you want me to do about this? What do you want me to do about that? What do you want me to do about this? And finally, the Holy Spirit, I heard his voice clearly enough to say, what do you want to do? This is not about control and manipulation. This is about leading. You never see where the Lord Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, ever wants to control and dictate and manipulate anybody. It's all about leading. Are you all listening? Give you a little theological class here now. You've got the sovereignty of God. You know what that means? God Almighty is big enough to totally accomplish His ultimate plan at the same time giving broken, sinful men and women a free choice. I want you to think about a railroad here for a minute. There's two tracks. If all you think about is God is, He is predetermining everything about my life, it is, and everything I do or say or choose is because that's the way He wanted it, you're going to have a wreck. If on the other hand, you're all about free will, and you say, I determine everything. It's all about me. God responds to how I choose. You're going to have a wreck. Can I tell you something? In my finite mind, 
And in your finite mind, you're never going to be able to perfectly understand the relationship between sovereignty and free will. All you got to do is know this, that your God has got to be big enough to sovereignly and perfectly accomplish his ultimate plan and give you a free will at the same time. You're not going to be able to figure that out in your brain. These are spiritually discerned truths. And you know what the truth is? You've got to let God be big enough to give you a free will and to be sovereignly involved in perfectly working out His plan. Well, I don't, I don't understand all that, Pastor. Well, congratulations, none of us do. And if I were you, I'd stay away from those who say they got it all figured out. I really would. Uh, there's a spiritual arrogance is not a good thing to, to follow. If I'm you, I would appreciate those who say, it's a mystery, I don't know. You know, it's like the Lord told me when I was inter- just pursuing what the deal was with our son. The Holy Spirit said to me, you don't know everything. You don't know everything. And if you don't know everything, you can't understand everything. How many of you know if you don't have full knowledge, there's a chance you don't have full understanding? Amen? But you know what? We've got to quit focusing on what we don't understand and focus on what we do understand. And that is that that our God has known us and chosen us and loved us and desired us to be conformed into His image and His likeness. All of us are on a journey in our own understanding. We're on a journey of trying to understand these deep truths of being foreknown and predestined and called and justified. And it, it, it's a journey. You don't, it's not an event. You don't just arrive and say, I got it now. It's a journey, and it comes from the discernment and enlightenment of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, not through the efforts of your mind. But I can truthfully tell you this, that there's no doubt about it, that your God is not interested in some control manipulative performance like you're a robot. You know, people say, well, Pastor, uh, how is it that so many things that come from the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, how can God be at work through something that the devil does? We're just going to have a little talk here right now, okay? How how can that be? How how can God do something good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose when the enemy is always at work and doing all this stuff? You know, I had a background in, in coaching, and here's what I understand. Good coaches make plans, yes or no. They have a plan. They have an offense. They have a defense. They have a kicking game in football. They have a recruiting scheme. They they have a plan. Yes or no? 
Good coaches have a plan. But did you know this? That there's a difference between good coaches and master coaches. You know what a master coach does? A master coach has a plan, but he also takes what the opposition is doing and uses it to his advantage. Y'all don't lose me now. Did you hear what I just said? What if I ask you to repeat that? In football, if the opposition is really fast and really strong and really disciplined, you, you, you're, a, a master coach will learn what and when to run traps and draws and screens and reverses. You with me? To take what the enemy is trying to do and use it against them. Your God is the master coach of your life. He not only has a good plan, He takes everything the enemy is trying to accomplish against you and use it against the enemy to bring glory and honor to Himself. He didn't initiate what the enemy did. But how many of you know your God is so big, he can take what he doesn't initiate and use it for glory and good. Now we're getting into some deep stuff here today, but are you, are you understanding what I'm saying here? God is so great and big and powerful that he even uses what the enemy does against him. He's so great and big and powerful that he, uh, wait a minute now, are y'all listening to this? He factors in all of my choices and yours. He factors in all of my choices and yours to bring about his glory and his ultimate plan. Factoring in all of my weaknesses and bad choices. Stand up here for a minute, uh, Joe, please, right there, okay? Let's say, all right, you learned this in uh, science class, right? The shortest distance between two points is a... See, that was pretty good. Y'all are smart. Say it again. The shortest distance between two points is a... Okay, let's suppose that this represents God's highest and best for me. Right here. What a day. You're doing good. I'm on a journey. All right? I'm on a journey. And the highest and best for me is a straight line between me and my God. But how many of you know, I'll bet you're just like me, that sometimes in your journey, you're like this. And then sometimes it's, right? Right? And then sometimes, <laughs> oh boy, sometimes, you know, are you with me? Y'all didn't think I was in shape, did you? All right. Sometimes my choices 
as far as God's highest and best for me, can cause delays. Can bring about bumps and bruises in the journey. Can necessitate correction. See, sometimes... Oh, oh boy. You're getting this, aren't you? Can I tell you something? What does it mean that your God is sovereign? That he has already factored in all of my choices that cause pain and delay and is still at work to perfectly bring about his plan in my life to bring him glory and me good. What does that mean? Does that mean now I can just choose anything I want to because God is working that out? No. The Bible says, can you, should you continue in sin that grace may abound? May it never be. Listen to me. Listen. The highest spiritual law there is is the law of grace. But you know there's a law under that called the law of sowing and reaping. Listen. If I continue... If on the road to God's highest and best, I go out here and I'm looping all around. How many of you know sometimes to get me back on that road, God is going to allow the law of sowing and reaping to restrain me from self-destruction. Why would he do that? Because he is absolutely in love with me despite my rebellion. He doesn't want me to self-destruct. Are you beginning to understand a little bit about the sovereign God Almighty? Is it work in you even in these setbacks, this pain? God is at work and nothing destroys his plan. Pastor, why does it, listen, you are the only one who can tell the story that God is trying to tell through you. You're the only one. You're the only one. You say, why am I going through this? I don't know all the reasons for that. Why'd you have to go through what you did as a child? God saw that you were the perfect man. The perfect man who would stick with him and trust him that he could use and he could trust to bring about something he wants to accomplish in young black men in the inner city who are absolutely lost because they can look at you and see what God has done and is doing in you. The The fact that you have gone through what you have gone through means that your father has that much confidence in you that you wouldn't just chunk it and go the way everybody else does. Some of you in deep, deep pain today. There are certain things that you have a a right to disengage from. There are certain things that you seem trapped in that you wonder, God, why? 
Do you know it's okay to ask him why? It's okay to tell him you don't even like it. God said David was a man after his own heart. And David said, my God, why have you forsaken me? But God is telling a story through your journey. He he may have started it in South Louisiana or Dadeville, Alabama, but only you can tell it. And he's he's trying to bring glory to himself and your highest and best through that journey. And there's not a person in here I know well who's in a place of spiritual leadership that hasn't had and is having some pain along this journey. Understand that only you can tell this story. You say, was it just a random something that happened to me? I got a hard time with that one. You know why? Jesus said, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Jesus said, not a sparrow falls throughout the whole universe, but that your Father knows and cares. He is intimately involved in every part of your life. Psalms 139 says, He knows when you sit down and when you rise up. I bet, you don't even, I bet you're not even counting how many times you sit down and stand up. Your Father is intimately involved in your life, in love, in desire for you, telling a story through your life that only He can tell. That sovereignty, not some cosmic puppet show. Remember what verse 31 says, closing, he's for you. He's for you. Listen to me if you don't hear another thing I say. Don't let your life circumstances determine whether or not you believe God is for you or not. Those are going to change. Let the eternal, unchanging word of God Be your mouth and be your assurance, my God is for me. He's for me. And if that begins to wane, you go back to these scriptures and ask the Spirit of God to continue to let you know. Because you see, Ephesians 1 says that He's blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and all things that pertain to life and godliness have been given to you. Let's all stand. I want to thank you for being here today. I know this was outside the realm of some of our usual teaching. But that's what the Lord has instructed me to do today. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.